Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's IDC podcast on technology and sustainability. I'm Marta Muñoz, and I lead IDC's European Technology for Sustainability and Social Impact Practice here in Europe. And with me today, I have Michael Groves, founder and CEO of Topolytics a data analytics business for waste management in perhaps an overly simplistic description. So hello, Mike, and welcome to today's podcast. It's great having you here with us. How are you today? I'm great, Marta. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the program. It's, uh, it's a delight to be here. Great. Um, Mike, before we start, actually, why don't you tell our listeners what exactly Topolitics do? I, I don't think my brief description does credit to the very important work that you guys are doing. So perhaps it's best for you to have a go at it. Well, I, th- I think sometimes simplification is, is a good thing in terms of getting the message out. We often climb into, into skips and bins to have our photographs taken. So I think that that's OK to start with. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're a data aggregation and analytics business. And and what we're really trying to do is make the world's waste system much more visible so you can build trust in the data, so you can make it more verifiable. And ultimately, so that we can unlock the value that exists within the material that's kind of flowing through that system globally, but also value for those players in the system. So... They might be companies and organizations that are the source of waste. So they're kind of manufacturers or sort of service businesses or transport companies or retailers that are generating kind of significant amounts of waste material across multiple sites. Uh, Or they could be then the companies that are then responsible for moving, processing, recycling, recovering that material and generating some kind of um, outcome for it. Or it could be of governments and sort of policymakers and regulators that are responsible for oversight of that system. It sounds like a, you know, fairly simple process, but I know that there's a number of challenges around there, actually, when it comes to building up the entire ecosystem and managing all of those partners and so on. So perhaps you can share with us um, a little bit about what are some of those key challenges related to waste management that organizations tend to underestimate, perhaps in your experience with the customers you've been working with? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big challenges globally, of course, is that the amount of material that's sort of going into, if you like, the waste system, or you might think of it as a downstream kind of supply chain. You know, the amount of that material is set to to increase quite dramatically over the next sort of 20 years or so, um, if you, you know, if you kind of read some of the research out there. And so the, the sheer volume of material the variety of that material, you know, the variation from kind of simple inert type materials such as card or plastic through to more complex kind of chemical and sort of hazardous type, type materials. And that's all sort of flowing through the system all the time. So it's been kind of generated in multiple locations. It's then being moved by different players. It's being transformed along that supply chain. It's being kind of stored, it's being consolidated, it's being sold through that supply chain. And then ultimately something, you know, happens to it. So, you know, it could be put into a, a landfill site, it could be recycled, it could be recovered, it could be uh, incinerated. And obviously, you know, there's still a lot of material that's kind of leaking out of, out of the system. So you've got this sort of complexity and you've got this kind of ever moving and shifting Kind of picture of all of this material moving through the system and that's what makes it really quite complex 
and, and quite difficult to get a hand on. And, and that system isn't particularly transparent for different reasons, because the material is difficult to measure, it's difficult to define. And then clearly there are commercial models at play in terms of that material being sold to different players. So, so you've got that complexity and that, if you like, opacity in the system. That's a kind of a challenge for, for a start. So our whole approach to it is to say, well, look, you know, there isn't a single source of the truth. So there isn't a sort of single beautiful kind of data set or beautiful sort of digital footprint for all of that material. So this is where we're trying to sort of aggregate data from many different sources, from within companies and organizations, from within the recyclers, from within waste producers, from other sources. And then we sort of bring that into our, our platform, Waste Map, and we can kind of process that data, we can clean it, and we can start to build a picture of what's happening to that material as it sort of moves through that system. So it's almost like a, feel like a digital twin of that system, but based on very, very granular data on individual movements of waste material from one location to another. And, and by doing that, we can then sort of build up a, a higher level of confidence in what that material is, how much of it is there, where it goes, what it's worth, and, and what happens to it. And that's really the approach we're taking. So we just accept there's no single source of the truth. So therefore, we need to sort of look at the problem from a whole range of different sources. But what we've got to be able to then do is, is sort of make sense of that, all of that different data coming from many different sources and many different types of systems. Do you think when you speak to your customers and you explain all of these to them, do you think they, they're fully aware of the complexities that it actually involves? Or, you know, do they tend to think of um, waste management as a very linear process where, you know, or it goes into the waste collectors or whatever, and then that's it. I tend to forget about it. And do you think your companies are, if you like, your, your customers, are they, do they realize these complexities necessarily or do you have a lot of explanation and, and education almost to do with them? Because I'd imagine my, many companies won't necessarily understand the full complexity of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very good question uh, and, and it depends who, who the customer is. So if we think about waste producer, so, that, you know, a, you know, a, say a manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, the model has been one of, you know, we generate you know, this material as a byproduct and we hand that over to a third party. Uh, and we satisfy duty of care requirements and that third party then responsibly does something to that material. So I think, you know, that has been the sort of, obviously the traditional kind of approach, but absolutely we're seeing a huge amount of, of hunger now on the part of, the, if you like, we, what we would call the waste producers to really start to understand what is happening to that material. Now they may not initially at least understand the complexity of that of that supply chain, you know, once that material is removed from their sites, they, they may not understand actually, it then goes into quite a sort of, you know, sort of complex kind of system. But they're definitely starting to ask that question about, well, actually, we really do want to know what's happening to that material. And, and the reason they're asking the question is, is number one, they recognize that there are potential risks to, to not knowing where that material might, might then be being moved and what might be happening to it. But I think they're also recognizing that there is a, you know, there's an opportunity here to be more um, resource efficient, to be more cost efficient, and also to think about actually are there alternative sort of pathways, alternative outcomes for that material, particularly when you're looking at, you know, companies that are, you know, really trying to address the circular economy, you know, the idea of sort of maintaining sort of products and materials at their, at their highest utility. Uh, and clearly the starting point for that is, is actually designing waste out of the system. So ultimately, we don't want that material 
you know, going into that system. But the starting point is to say, well, okay, well, what does that picture look like now for me? You know, where where is that material? How much of that material actually am I actually generating as a waste material, and and, and what what then happens to it? So we're definitely seeing that on the part of the the waste producers. I mean, the recycling companies and the the industry itself, they know the complexity because, of course, they they mm-hmm. they've been dealing with this material, you know, for many years now. But I think the challenge for the industry, for the sort of materials uh, recovery recycling industry, is is building business models and a business case where you know they perhaps don't have the sort of visibility over the system and over that materials system that perhaps they they could or or, or should have. So their challenge is is almost like shifting from that traditional, more of a linear model, but which is happening. But doing that in a way that they remain profitable and that, um, you know, they've invested heavily in infrastructure and actually can they sort of use that infrastructure and continue to use that infrastructure in a, in a profitable way. So, so the real challenge for them is actually shifting or responding to these pressures that are coming from their customers, um, from, if you like, from wider sort of society and governments around circle economy, resource efficiency, producer responsibility all these kind of uh, all these kind of issues so there's that's their sort of real real challenge and that's again we're trying to help them address that uh, and then latterly you've got government which is saying look we need to get a better handle on what the regulated sort of waste kind of industry or sector looks like so the challenge for them again is a is a sort of transparency challenge which again a lot of it comes back to to data and actually having better data and, and actually having more trust in that data. So again, that's what we're sort of trying to address address there. And and I guess that's exactly where the um, the conversation about technology and IT actually comes into place, because usually, you know, you don't necessarily make the link between sustainability and technology or, or IT anyway. So, um, you know, when you start talking about the need to collect that data and trace it and do so in a transparent and um, reliable way, then that's a, a very strong proposition for using that, that technology. Do you actually find that um, many of your customers understand that link between how technology can actually help them achieve their sustainability goals and, and their sustainability goals, if, if you like? Or is it something where you do have to make a lot of explanation because they don't necessarily trust that the data or, or an IT solution is actually going to help them get to where they want when it comes to their own sustainability objectives? Yeah, I, I think we're we're like any other, if you like, vendor in that in that regard. So you know, in our case, we're we're obviously offering a you know our value proposition is a sort of live kind of view of kind of materials movements and an associated sort of metrics, answering some of the questions they have, and doing that in a way that you know makes sense to them, but also makes sense to them from a if you like from a commercial point of view in terms of the, the cost to them. To sort of work with us and extract value from the insights that we can provide. So, so I think we're we're quite similar to you know, any other sort of technology or or kind of software or sort of data vendor in that in that way. And obviously, but we're operating in this within this kind of scope of sustainability, um, resource efficiency, circular circular economy. So it's really incumbent upon us to to be able to express you know a value proposition to them that they can very clearly see what they you know what value they get from working with us uh, and they can kind of you know sort of build a case uh, from there 
Um, so I, I think generally across that whole, if you like, the broader sustainability landscape and technology, um, I think, yeah, I think traditionally companies, it's where sustainability sits within the sort of, if you like, the corporate hierarchy as a priority. And I think traditionally it hasn't been a high priority, has it? I think we'd sort of all, all recognise that. But certainly within the last couple of years, when you start to look at um, kind of net zero climate change, um, you're looking at sort of, you know, sort of non-financial kind of um, impacts um, and reporting requirements around um, sustainability. I think that's really, really focusing minds. And then when you look at the investment community and what they're now starting to say around, you know, ESG, environmental, social and sort of government governance issues, and it's becoming a really kind of hard kind of commercial kind of issue. So it's absolutely um, risen up the, if you like, the corporate agenda. So I think we, we and other, if you like, technology kind of vendors within that sort of sustainability uh, kind of space, I think we de definitely are, are, are benefiting from that in terms of the, if you like, general market acceptance for what we can, what we can offer and what value we can bring to, to our customers. Yeah, and I, I guess you, you touched there upon a very interesting question because um, you know the 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 drivers that we see today around sustainability are clearly um, you know forcing a, a number of organisations to take a look at their own sustainability strategies and what they do and reporting on their own ESG um, parameters and so on actually. But we also get this question uh, quite a lot actually on. Um, you know, this being one of the key challenges when talking to organisations about sustainability and the need to invest in technology to enable sustainability solutions. Um, and they, you know, all these customers, almost immediate question is, well, where's the value um, for me, for my organization on, you know, on those investments? What's, where's the return on investment from investment, investing in sustainability, for example, why should I do it? Um, and it can be particularly tricky for many uh, vendors to, to explain why, especially because, you know, these are actions that have a very long-term um, return really so you cannot see the the immediate impact or the immediate effect on the climate for example of um, you know um, behaving in a certain way around your waste management solutions or anything like that so I guess um, demonstrating the the effects is um, can be quite quite difficult for many um, for many vendors I don't know if this is something that you've actually come across and and you've um, and if so how do you explain to your customers what the the return on investment the ROI of um, you know spending money on technology that is going to help them achieve their own um, sustainability objectives around waste management and so on is going to be beneficial for them. Um, yeah, well, there's a, there's a couple of things there. You know, I think it kind of depends on what what sort of vendor you are and on, on what you're selling. Because clearly, you know, if you think about sort of sustainability and, and if you think about clean tech, you know, clearly there's been a lot of people default to a view that it's all about infrastructure and it's heavy infrastructure and it's a heavy upfront investments, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously in terms of the, the kind of work that we do, we're a sort of software, you know, cloud-based sort of data sort of analytics platform. So we, we don't require, you know, sort of huge amounts sort of infrastructure or sort of physical infrastructure investment upfront. So that I think influences you know, kind of decision making and who one is 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 targeting within within different kind of customer organisations. 
But in terms of what we do, I mean, we've spent the last, you know, three years walking in our customers' shoes. I mean, you know, we, so again, we're no different from any other sort of, you know, technology, software, sort of data vendor, in, in as much as you can't escape the fact that you have to build something and you have to have a value proposition that actually answers questions that your customers are asking and is, is generating that value for them in, our, in order to enable them to sort of make a business case internally to adopt, uh, adopt our solution. So yeah, so we've spent a lot of time and effort working with you know, companies who aren't ne weren't necessarily customers at that point, but companies that you know, you know, generating waste, have these questions about it, you know, want to understand what's happening to it in order for us to understand what our, if you like, commercial propositions should be um, for, for those customers. And so that's the way we've done it by, in effect, building, um, if you like, close to the market so that we're really confident that what we have in terms of the platform is answering um, enough of those questions. And obviously, over time, we will evolve it and we will, we will add new features, et cetera, et cetera, like any other platform. Um, but yet, really, we've, we, we've done it just through walking, you know, walking in our customers' shoes. And and if I had to ask, um, what do you think is missing uh, in in Europe at a regional level, in terms of um, you know the the infrastructure, the ecosystems, maybe even at a regulatory level, what do you think is still necessary for enabling a successful waste management policy in the region? Yeah, I think like most things, I mean, there's a whole range of different interventions that I think will be uh, required if we're going to move to, you know, towards a sort of scaled circular economy. Um, clearly, there needs to be interventions at the design stage. So, so materials, uh, types of materials, the way products and packaging are designed, you know, for, to maximize recovery and reuse and obviously the sort of the business models uh, that are built around them. But, but clearly we can't avoid the fact that there will still be material that is then, if you like, a byproduct of an industrial process, for example. So how do we deal with that? I think, you know, if you look at the waste industry itself, uh, which is, of course, a huge, huge industry on a sort of global basis, so right through from large kind of multinationals through to more localized, community-based, um, uh, you know, sort of collection um, and, and recovery, you know, I think the whole digitization within the sector, so industry 4.0, whether it be, you know, kind of sensors and IoT uh, systems, whether it be machine vision systems, robotics, or, or data and, and, and analytics and, and apps, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I think that will definitely play a big part in enabling the industry to be able to sort of transition from, um, from the historical sort of linear Kind of model towards you know, being able to respond to this kind of more kind of circular, uh, circular model. And even, but even within a circular economy, even if material is not going into what might be known as you might think about as a waste, the waste system, and it's being kept in say localized loops, there's still going to be a requirement for that material to be moved. You know, so there's still a role for some kind of system where that that material, and those products, and that packaging. Um, are, are actually moved and returned in terms of reverse logistics, uh, et cetera. Um, so I think, I think digitization, I think, is a kind of key thing. And then clearly linked to that is, um, you know, is regulation and policymaking. And, and clearly we see, obviously, within Europe, a huge amount of 
policy intervention around the circular economy uh, and resource efficiency. But we certainly see that happening in uh, in Asia and obviously happening in in the in the US as well. So I think that that will go hand in hand. But it isn't necessarily going to be the sole kind of arbiter because this this has to make sense commercially. Because um, you know if it's just driven by uh, by regulation, you know, it's not going to get the sort of scaled adoption that I think um, everybody everybody wants. And certainly, there's a lot, as you know, there's a lot of work happening across that whole spectrum of of materials and, and waste and circular economy. But it's a question of getting that operating at scale commercially, and then I think we'll start to see things happening. And then obviously, the other intervention then is is investment. What's the money for? What's the money driving? And is that money helping to then drive kind of more circular business models to enable, if you like, the waste and materials and resources sector to be able to kind of respond to some of these challenges? So clearly the institutional uh, kind of and the the markets themselves, as well as the sort of private VC and, and private equity money as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it will be interesting, actually, to see how, um, what the effect of the, um, you know, some of these new investment initiatives and the European Commission's stimulus uh, packages, for example, for the COVID recovery, um, that are quite strongly focused around digitization and sustainability, what's the impact of many of these packages going to be across the region as well to um, to address some of those um, those issues that you just mentioned. Um, now, I, I realize we don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to finish by asking you perhaps to give us to- some top three recommendations that you'd give those companies out there that are considering investing in their waste management strategy and, um, you know, what we be in your opinion the top three that they'd need to do i think the first thing is 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 ask the question actually what is happening um, to that material so 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 accept that actually we should be taking more responsibility for that material uh, if we are the if you like the waste producer so so i think accepting that asking that question and being prepared to invest in if you like the outcome and so prepare to invest in, in obviously reducing uh, waste in the first place, which is the ideal, but also then thinking about how best to maximize the utility of that material that is being generated as a byproduct or, or a waste material. Um, so I think they would be the main, main things I, I, I would say. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Now, I think this is all we have time for today, Mike, but thank you very much for being here with us and uh, for all your insights. Always a pleasure talking with you Um, and uh, all the best for you and the, the Topolitics team in this journey. I look forward to our next conversations as well. Thank you, Marta. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you as usual. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening to to us. And for those of you interested in knowing more about how technology impacts sustainability and vice versa, please follow us on social media and on the idc.com website. Thank you very much.